Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Primetime on Money FM 89.3. Now, speaking in Parliament, Education Minister Chan Chun Singh said the merger of Yale and U.S. College and the University Scholars Program into the new college is part of the National University of Singapore's roadmap to more interdisciplinary learning. Of course, it, it all comes after the creation of the College of Humanities and Sciences by bringing together the arts and science faculties and the College of Design and Engineering, which will merge the School of Design and Environment and the Faculty of Engineering. Now, the decision has drawn criticism from both students and parents and speculation about the decision-making process behind it has grown over the last few weeks. To find out more, we're joined on the line now by Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Zakir, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, good to join you. Always good to have you with us, Zakir. So let's start off. NUS made a surprise announcement earlier this year to stop taking in students for Yale and U.S. College. That was, that was just two weeks ago, actually. Um, what right. were the considerations for the closure and why are there calls for more transparency behind the closure? I think to many of the students involved in the closure, it all seemed as if it was something that happened very sudden mm-hmm. and almost right after the start of the school term. But I think uh, what we heard in Parliament today was quite a different perspective as Education Minister Chan Chun Singh took quite a step back and said, you know, I think he sort of explained what we had already heard from the university, that this is all part of the university's roadmap to having more interdisciplinary learning. But at the same time, there were other considerations as to why the decision had to be made almost quickly. And and Mm. I think Mr. Chan explained that really, because the decisions in both senior leadership, leadership of both universities and their boards on issues of strategy and finances, they couldn't quite consult students and staff. But they also rushed the move in a way because... NUS, you know, he, he disclosed that NUS started discussions with Yale only in early July. Mm. Yale acknowledged this request and um, informed its leadership only that month as well. And, and I think, in a way, they wanted the announcement out pretty early so that there would be maximum time for faculty and staff to work through details of the transition. And what we heard is sort of both parties felt the responsible thing to do was to announce it early rather than hold back and work out some details. Okay, so Zakir, in Parliament, we also heard Dr. James Lim, the Workers' Party MP for Senkang Group, Senkang GRC, ask if financial factors were a feature in the decision. How much of a factor were the financials here? So in a way, it was a consideration, and I think the minister acknowledged that. But it wasn't the primary decision, I did. It played a part, mm-hmm. I guess. For instance, you know, the university had only raised, Yale and U.S. College had only managed to raise $80 million out of its original goal. And in fact, the ministry provided close to $50 million in operating grants to the college just last year. Okay, so what will the new arrangement mean then in terms of costs for students? Lower student think- fees going forward? I think it would lower fees considerably while providing uh, students with sort of a wider, you know, the ability to, to benefit from a wider range of courses as well as facilities at NUS. We're speaking to Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at the Straits Times. Zakir, it's Tim here. Other MPs also filed questions on the merger involving Yale and U.S. College. Can you tell us uh, more about what was talked about there? 
I think so. We had MPs ask also about the prospects of uh, you know some of the stu- you know for the students as they graduate, and I think he said, well, NUS is one of the top-ranked universities globally as well, and I think with you know, but at the same time, it was prepared to kind of vouch for employers or anyone who might ask that Yale and US graduates, even though the institution might no longer exist in four years' time, were still part of the larger NUS family, and that their degree is still as valuable had the college not continued. Mm. What else will be done then Mm. to address potential concerns about credibility of the degree and postgraduate opportunities? So I think uh, they've also said they will work, you know, they've offered their guidance and they've offered the education ministries will work within US to basically offer its support and to just consult and to assist students with any queries they might have. And this includes helping students who may have been unhappy with the move choose to transfer or to shift to a different university. Okay, Zakir. So talk to us about what all of this means for the future of liberal arts in Singapore and also the diversity of our local education as well. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, I, well, and, well, Yale and U.S. College was quite a diverse and distinct entity in itself. Mm-hmm. It was accessible to a rather small, you know, perhaps even elite group of students. And being part of this new college would enable that, you know, the, the pool of students could benefit from such teaching and such close um, contact with tutors on a much wider scale. But I think what, what was interesting is I think, you know, we'll have to see how this plays out in the next five to ten years to see whether there's a truly appetite for liberal arts education in Singapore. But I think, at the you know, for the moment, it seems the sort of Yale and U.S. programs that uh, need it distinctive are likely to continue at least in, in some form as part of the new college, you know, you know, so so the, the faculty remains part of Yale and US. I think there'll be trans, some transitional arrangements, but I think you know they might move on to the new college and and be able. And I think a wider pool of students might be able to benefit from that expertise. Zakir, any other um, key issues that were raised in Parliament that we should bring up this afternoon? I think one of the other items being debated was sort of the you know moves to raise penalties for sexual offences. You know, following sort of recent cases that had been in the news and the feeling that perhaps, you know, graduates who were charged with outrage of modesty and, and similar crimes got off a little lightly. And so the penalties, the penalty framework was revised and, and there was sort of, you know, pretty unanimous support for this. Although some MPs raised concerns about cases of, you know, say, if someone was to be wrongfully charged or convicted, then how does sort of this mm. approach work? And I think that the sense was that was, you know, nothing's going to change in that respect. So in a way, the ability of all accused persons to have a fair trial as well will remain. Okay, well, Zakir, thank you so much for bringing those updates out of Parliament to us today. We've been speaking with Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.